Welcome back, everybody, to the CNC Replay. I'm Noelle. I'm Corey. Um, Noelle, so I have to ask. Corey, uh, yes. Have you seen Top Gun? No. <laughs> Am I planning on seeing it in theaters, paying money for it? No. Oh, come on. You got to. Time out. Time out. Hold on. Before we go any further, we need to talk about the fact that you and Chris had a screaming match in my kitchen about why Top Gun was so terrible. I know this is the new one, but I need you to defend yourself. <laughs> I, I will. I still defend the fact that the first Top Gun is horrible. Okay. It's it's still bad. Like, I'm, like, the second Top Gun was so good that I was like, hmm, maybe I should give the first Top Gun another shot <laughs> again. Um, because, like, I will always stand on the rock that is that, like, if you haven't seen the first Top Gun, when Goose dies, okay, ooh, spoiler alert, um, you usually say spoiler alert before you say the spoiler. Yeah, that's fine. Whatever. The movie came out in like the eighties. So if you haven't seen it by now, that's on you. Um, <clears throat> but like goose dies and then the soundtrack literally has four songs mm-hmm. throughout the entire movie. There's two Kenny Loggins songs, one Berlin song and something else. I don't know. I, I couldn't even tell you, but they play the fricking Berlin, like take my breath away song. For 30 minutes of the hour and a half movie. (laughs) I know. I would rather bash my forehead against a wall than hear that song ever again. And frickin' Goose dies, and it's like this super, like, emotional scene. Oh, no, my wingman's dead. And then you hear, bum, 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 bum. And it's like, (laughs) oh, I love you. Oh, this. It's like... His homie just died. Why? Why are we? Why, why are we putting a, a a love scene in the middle of this? What is going on here? But anyway, I'm just gonna randomly send you "Take My Breath Away" at random random times throughout the year, just to see what happens. I will. I, now that I know that, it's fuel for fire. I will send dangerous people to your location, and I'm not kidding. <laughs> you don't know where I live. I don't care. I'll figure it out. Mm, okay. Brecken, Brecken will tell me. No, she won't. Not if I tell her not to. Okay. Well, I have I have my ways. Doesn't matter. You're not going to do it. And if you do, then <laughs> you don't want to you don't want to see me get angry because then everybody's going to get very uncomfortable. I've seen you angry. Yeah. Were you uncomfortable or were you laughing? One of the people that I were was laughing. laughing. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, <laughs> anyway, I know. Anyway, it was actually really cool because there's a lot of like like actual like cockpit scenes so like you feel like you're you're like in like the jet which you Mm -hmm. don't necessarily get from like the first movie or at least that in depth right Um, because i don't think that tom cruise had all of his licensure back when he made the first one right so like i'm sure well tom cruise has his like flight license and like every possible vehicle you can think of oh now now he does all of his own stunts so he has all that licensure, so he's able to do all those stunts, like, for real with a GoPro if they want him to. Right. But he probably didn't have that back in the 80s, so there was a difference. Also, the, I'm sure the technology to record up there was a little different. Right, but, I mean, they're not actually, like, I don't think they're actually flying all over the place, are they? Yeah, he took James Corden up in and flew him around. Oh. I didn't yeah. know. Okay, that's way cooler now. <laughs> Shoot. Um but, like, you actually feel like you're in the cockpit in, in yeah. these movies. And that's probably just due to, like, modern technology. But still, sure. it was really cool. And it was more, honestly, it was more of, like, a 
a war movie, if anything. I mean, it still mm-hmm. had, like, the Top Gun, like, whatever to it. The Top Gun spin had a lot of, like, Easter eggs from, like, the old movie. But, like, it was it was really good. Mm-hmm. It was really good. And I went out of the movie good. theater, and I didn't shave my beard into the Miles Teller mustache. So Thank you. So very much appreciate that. <clears throat> if we could just stay away from mas- mustaches. Mostly because I can't, that. I can't grow the Miles Teller mustache. If I could, I might think about it, but I can't, I can't do it. So it's also hilarious that it's now being called the Miles Teller mustache when, for years and years before, it was just the mustache. Uh huh. We can't, we can't say that on air. Are okay. You kidding? Sorry. Oh, Everybody knows what I'm talking about. That ben, Ben, creepy edit. '70s guy. Edit it he out. You can put a little bleep over that. Um. Yeah, we also probably should address the other elephant in the room. We weren't here last week. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, totally <laughs> forgot. Yeah. Um, I was out of town. You were out of town. I had next to no service and a lot of children running around my house. And you were somewhere with Jesus and a bunch of pastors. Yes, I was at a church conference. So there we go. <laughs> uh, uh, a, a podcast about sports kind of took a backseat that week. Um, yes. And it's just really cool because, like, once you're in, like, doing, like, ministry and, like, you know, pastors run like a church service. Like you don't get to mm-hmm. sit in a church service every like yeah. very often. So it was just really refreshing and cool, and also like learned a lot of stuff uh, on how I can make my ministry better, um, which mm-hmm. is good. Um, was really looking forward to some of the things that I learned. Um, but no, all good. And then I got to not be in one spot for a period of time. I love to travel, so mm-hmm. love that. Um, where were you? I was in Ludington. My brother came up, um, my older brother, for those of you who don't know, I have uh, an older brother and an older sister, and he came up with his wife and their 11-year-old kid and Hmm. spent the week with us, and it was a lot of fun. Very fun. Very fun. Yeah, it was a good time. It was the first time seeing them in three years, which is a lot, just because Michigan to Florida is a long haul, um, Mm -hmm. and it's expensive. Yeah. so it was nice to see them. And it had, so it's been three years since I had seen my brother and my nephew and nine years since I had seen my sister-in-law. Wow. So it was really fun to get to know her as like an adult and not just like this weird memory I have from back when I was a teenager. Yeah. Um, so that was really good. And they actually went to the Tigers game. This is a fun little transition for us. They went to the Tigers game uh-huh. on Sunday, um, which was a devastating loss. But my nephew did get Fulmer to sign his jersey and a ball. You know, first Tigers game, first time being in Michigan in three years. My brother's first Tigers game since he was a teenager. You know, just one of those things that happens to people that are not me. (laughs) I'm happy for him, though. They had a really good time. Yeah. Lots of good things happen to other people that we wish would happen to us all the time. What's one of those big things, Corey? What's one of those big things that we wish would happen to us? I mean, I want to sign baseball by michael fulmer that's pretty cool i was more talking that was supposed to be our segue into tigers losing but oh you know you oh. can completely ruin it that's you totally see, fine no you, you know <laughs> you want to know why this is how far gone i am i can't even i this is approaching lions territory i can't even imagine the tigers being good ever again <laughs> because because that's how horrendous this team has been all right you know let's not let's not get into the the negatives first okay Too late well, too late. So, uh, despite everything that's happened with this team, okay, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. let's talk about some positives. Okay, so they had Toronto came in, which, frankly, like it was almost a home game for Toronto uh, or a home stand for Toronto because they just they just flood the stadium. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Bo Brisky on Saturday got his first major league win, and he pitched really, really well. Mm-hmm. Like, probably the best that he's pitched. I think he went six and two-thirds innings. Um, he didn't get a lot of strikeouts, but he got outs, and, you know, what more do you want from anybody? Um... And that's about it. <laughs> they had, <laughs> they and there ends the good stuff. Oh, they had the ceremony for Cabrera on Sunday yeah, for that his three really thousandth hit and his five hundredth home run. So that was pretty cool. Um, they had uh, Victor Martinez come back and like mm-hmm. honor, which was a you know a very wholesome moment. Uh, it was. McGee was very happy. You could just tell. Right, and as a guy who's obviously in the twilight of his career, like celebrate those things because you, you know, you have to appreciate it when it's gone. Um, mm-hmm. and Cabrera is as much as many people would be like, we got to get him out of the lineup. Well, okay. First off, he's leading the team in batting average. So no, don't take him out of the lineup. Um, <laughs> and second off, uh, um, you don't want to forget the things that he did. And like the fact that every time he came up to the plate when he was healthy and in his prime and in a tiger's uniform, nobody wanted to see him on the mm-hmm. opposing team. Um, mm-hmm. So that was cool. Uh, also, something that was cool, um, Chris Illich and Al Avila during the ceremony were booed <laughs> relentlessly. I'm sure that went over well. Hooray! <laughs> I hope they're listening. And they're I hope... not. No, they're probably not because they're definitely not. Oh my goodness! I talked about that a couple weeks ago. Like if if we cannot trust Al Avila with another trade deadline, and I'm not going to get into that. We're not talking about that. Mm-mm. But we're gonna we're gonna be sellers again, and uh, I I don't trust him to do anything, especially with these no name bullpen pieces. So that are overperforming, mm-hmm. and not that's not a knock on them. I'm just saying that like you don't think how that long that's... can they really hold on? Well, a how long yeah. can they really hold on, and b how is that gonna pertain to value of other teams? Right. Um, so that's where I'm at with that. Um, <clears throat> Also good, kind of. Um, so there's an extra wild card spot. Despite how horrible the Detroit Tigers have been, they're seven games back. That's a wild stat. That is a wild that's a, stat. That's insane to think about. That's insane to think about. Um, and who's who's above us? That is. Oh, everyone. No, yeah, thank you. I know that. I mean, like, directly above us right now. Baltimore uh, is six back. Seattle's four and a half. Uh, Chicago's three and a half. The uh, the Angels are three and a half. Texas is three. That's surprising. And then Cleveland is a half a game um, behind Boston. Um, Okay. So, and then the division leaders are New York, Minnesota, Houston, and then the wild cards are Toronto, Tampa Bay, and Boston. So okay. most likely we're going to see four teams uh, from the AL East mm-hmm. again in the postseason, which is which is crazy, absolutely crazy to think about. But seven games back is seven games back. And theoretically that, doable. That's theoretically doable. I mean, like you have you have a good week and you're in the thick of things. Freaking mm-hmm. the Atlanta Braves just won eleven games in a row. <laughs> I don't foresee that in our future. <laughs> oh, well, uh, that's. I'm talking about the good. So the, mm-hmm. strictly all oh, the good. Bobrisky, 
Cabrera ceremony, um, Tigers beating one of the best team or one of the best pitchers in the American League, Kevin Gosman, on Saturday. Mm-hmm. That was cool. And then the mm-hmm. fact that they're like still kind of, if they turn some things around, could make something of the season. But we can't have nice things. So that's the good. That's it. That's that's it. Can I read off the bad? Oh, yes. Please do. Okay. As of nine hours ago, these were the following offensive categories. The Detroit Lions are dead last in the major league in. Are you Tig- ready? Tigers. That's that's what I meant. Yikes. Tigers. These are, these are the categories the Tigers are dead last in in the MLB. Here we go. On base and slugging. Runs. Home runs. Runs batted in. Hits. Walks. Stolen bases. Base on percentage. And slugging. That is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight categories. I don't even know how many categories there are, but that feels like most of them. Noel, can you tell me is that good? <laughs> no, no, it is not. That's that's quite quite frankly the opposite of good. I saw another stat too today. Mm-hmm. Well, and then I'm gonna uh, we're just gonna pull up all of our stats right now because um, that's fun. Uh, of like the actual like triple slash line for Tigers. Oh yeah, I have that too. Do you? <laughs> this one? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Read read that to the people. Uh huh. Triple slash. Oh wow. Triple slash is uh two eighteen, two seventy six, three seventeen, and five ninety three OPS. Two point seven runs per game. A negative two point nine WAR. Next highest is the Rockies at one point one. Remember when we were we saying, are... "Oh, yeah." Rem- remember when that. we were saying, "Like if this team was just MLB average at offense." Remember that when we said like that feels like a lifetime ago. And this is what's this is what's kind of crazy too. On paper, this team, this offense has improved. Yes. From last year. Yes. And like if you're if you tell me at the beginning of the year, hey Cabrera's going to have a bounce back year and he's going to hit close to 300, the first 50-ish games of the season, and you're going to get Javier Baez, and you're going to get Austin Meadows, and your bullpen's going to be top five in the league, you would take that. Mm-hmm. I for sure would have bet money that this would have been better than we, last season. We, we would have been like, shoot, we're we're going to the postseason. <laughs> Yes. We did say that. You said that. Or I said it, but yeah, whatever. (laughs) Do not wrap me into that. You said it. You and Chris. But literally, everybody else has done nothing. Robbie Grossman, nothing. Javier Baez has has been just, just. He's somehow gone backwards. Like, he's done less than nothing. He had he had three he, he had three walks on Saturday in a game, and that was the first time he's had three walks in a game since September of last season. Mm-hmm. Going I, good. I, I mean, I, I've never seen this many people on a major league roster with an on base percentage of under three hundred. There are legitimately four dudes in the off or in the starting lineup that have an on base percentage of under three hundred. Yes. I mean, it, I'm speechless at this point. Like, like, this has been this. It's a broken record. This is all mm-hmm. we've talked about for the past month of the season. 
Mm-hmm. And we're relying on guys like Harold Castro and Victor Reyes. What? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. I mean, this this team needs Riley Green in the worst possible way. Yeah, we need, the absolute worst possible way. We need a player who has never seen Major League <laughs> play more than any other team in the history of time. And uh, this isn't just, like, bad from, the, like, the scope of, like, the rest of the league. This is bad historically. Like, the Tigers are on pace to be, like, the worst offense ever right now. Mm-hmm. Ever. Yes. Yes. That's a that's a problem. I we got here somehow. We have arrived. Oh my goodness! It it's. I I mean I don't I don't even know I don't even know what to say. Like shake something up. Fire! I mean fire the the hitting coach Coolbaugh. There I saw an article on that and it's like well it's not necessarily his fault but it also like we're just we're just begging to fire. I mean look at look at like the the teams in the majors right now. Uh, the Angels lost 10 straight games. They fired Joe Madden. Okay, Joe Madden is a very good manager. And they they cut him loose. Uh, mm-hmm. Joe Girardi uh, got fired. Joe Girardi has, has had success in the majors. World Series champion. He was fired. And then the Phillies ended up playing, you know, light years better. So that there's maybe a little bit more uh, to that. But the Angels have been relatively just as bad since since... Madden's been fired. Yep, they have. But the the point is, like, like teams do something, <laughs> they make a change, yeah. and the Tigers haven't. I don't think this is a hinge problem necessarily, but there's been a lot of belly aching that he doesn't really fight. Like if there's like if they're getting getting jerked around by by the strike zone or whatever, he doesn't really you know get up in arms about it. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't. Personally, I don't think that's his style. But on the flip side of that, like, like those were kind of the same things we were arguing about for Osmus. Like, Osmus didn't do anything, but Osmus didn't have the track record. So, I, I mean, I, I get that. Um, you're just you're just struggling on what what you need to do. Like, how are you going to manufacture runs? How are you going to get on base? Like, because at this cause... point, we've like we've reached we've reached a point of insanity. Right, yeah. the the technical definition of insanity is repeating a thing over and over again until and not stopping. That's that's the literal definition of insanity. We're there. We've reached it. We have not changed enough. We haven't changed things enough to make anything better. And we're they're continuing to go down this path of mediocrity. Mediocrity, well, horrendousness disguised as mediocrity. Right. Yes. Uh. And I don't know how we get get unstuck. Yeah. So. Now, here's here's the thing. Okay. We'll go back to the good for a little bit, and then we'll head into more of the bad. Um, they're home for a week. They have seven home games this week. Yes. Play the White Sox for three, and then they play the Rangers for four. They have a four-game set. Those are two very beatable teams. One other team, the White Sox, who are also in turmoil right now. They are just playing bad fundamental baseball. They have incre- they have way more talent, but they just they just don't know 
how to win right now. And I th- and I think they do have a manager problem. Tony LaRusso is like a hundred years old. He doesn't know how to manage that team. Um, you win those three series, or at least the majority of those games. I, you could you could salvage something, build momentum. Now let's say they just rattle off seven straight wins. Okay, then there's some think there's something you can build off of. This is a homestand that you turn the season around. Because mm-hmm. they had that they had that four or five game win streak, uh, Orioles, and then going into Tampa Bay, uh, and they played well. That's probably the best they've played all year. Okay, you have a struggling Chicago White Sox team, and you have a middle of the pack Texas Rangers team, both at home. Do something with that. Texas, Texas, they have a couple good arms. They've had a couple good starting pitchers that have had career years this year. Notoriously have not been a very good pitching team. Score some runs. The White Sox are a mess. Take advantage of that. Well, they're not listening to you because... Did you see Did you see the notification that this hit your phone? Well, Jose Abreu just... just destroys this team so we're already down to nothing so that's cool that's cool well we have at the top of the first folks what what do you expect when you have ronnie garcia on them i just just but this is where this is where you make your splash this is where you turn the season around this is where you salvage something i'm not even asking for postseason we've we've done that be competitive please that is literally all that we're asking you have set the bar so low so drastically low feels like we're talking about the lions we are we we are this is what this team is turning into but the the horrible thing is this is all Mm self-inflicted for the lions there's cosmic forces involved with it (laughs) but um just unbelievable but we're not even to the bad quite yet okay first and foremost casey mice is tommy john so we're not going to see him for another season we're not going to see him for this year we're not going to see him for next year everyone (laughs) saw it coming Mm-hmm. just the elbow injury it's like okay just get the freaking surgery and then it was drawn on for like two months and it's like oh he's getting surgery okay yeah we all knew that was gonna happen do you right. remember i think it was last year or even two years how long have we been doing this we've been doing this for... a year and a half okay it was definitely it was definitely like very early on i talked about uh an mlb network segment with pedro martinez okay and he's he's talking about casey mize's uh throwing motion Yes, I do remember this. And he's saying he's he's not getting on top of the ball, and he's getting like a lot of uh, resistance from that elbow. And he's like, I envision Tommy John for this kid unless he cleans up his mechanics. Because mm. he's not and getting over the top of the ball. This is exactly what has happened. So, and usually guys who get Tommy John end up throwing harder and, you know, save their career and, you know, pitch pretty well. Um, but I mean, Casey Mize wasn't really necessarily pitching all that great before he was a very solid, I wouldn't even say solid, but he, he had the remnants of a solid contact pitcher. Sure. But that's your number one pick. Number one overall pick. Mm-hmm. And now he's going to be, now he's going to miss this year and next year. And now you don't know what's going to happen. So right. I think if we if people weren't concerned with Casey Mize, they Kinda should be. they should be now. 
and not like, oh, we, he'll be okay. We should be concerned. Not DEFCON, what is it? De- it goes in reverse, right? DEFCON 1 is like the most, like. Yes. We're at like, mm-hmm. we're at like DEFCON 3. I don't know what I was looking at. I got to look awesome. now because I'm. Uh, yeah, DEFCON 1 is, is the most. Okay. DEFCON 4 is the least. Oh, okay. So there, so DEFCON 5 is Maybe. like nothing? Or no? Mm, I lied. DEFCON 5 is lowest state of readiness. Normal readiness. So you want to, you want to be at DEFCON 4, which is above no, normal read, readiness. Okay. DEFCON 3 is Air Force mobilized in 15 minutes. We're at DEFCON <laughs> 3. <laughs> We're at DEFCON 3. Okay. <laughs> we should we should be we should be seriously considering what's going to happen with this future here. Okay. Get Tom Cruise ready. Um yeah. So, there's that. There is that. That is currently it, happening. And you know what's crazy too? Like the starting rot- the starting rotation that the Tigers had and I talked about this 2 weeks ago too. Like we're at like the we're at like the C squad. <laughs> Yes. Like, if we had all of our dudes healthy, we would have Eduardo Rodriguez, Matt Manning, who looks like he's avoiding Tommy John. He's coming back. Something happened. I don't know. But you might as well chalk him up for Tommy John, too. I'm just, we're just, we're just going to go with that. Eduardo Rodriguez, Casey Mize, Matt Manning, uh, or I guess Tarek Skubal would be your ace. So, Tarek, Eduardo, <clears throat> uh, Manning, Mize, and then Spencer Turnbull. Don't forget about him, but mm-hmm. if you have everybody he's still healthy, out. if you have everybody healthy, yeah, he's yeah. recovering from Tommy John, but he had success is the thing. Yes. He was the best pitcher on this team last yes. year before he got hurt. You have him coming back. He's your fifth starter in that scenario. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's a good rotation. I don't care how you look at it or at least a solid rotation. And that's the thing I was arguing about, like. We don't have enough starters. All these injuries are going to hit. Yeah, well, we're down to starters number 13, 14, and 15 on this team right now. I think we needed to sign someone else in the offseason. And again, with this thing, this is the fourth or this is like the at least the third straight year. Remember Michael Pineda? Vaguely. Yeah, you did, remember he, Michael he, he took a comebacker off the hand. What's happened to him? Shouldn't take Couldn't this. Shouldn't take this long. I haven't heard. I haven't heard any rehab, anything about him. I've heard Mize, Manning, Eduardo, nothing on on on. Uh, Is he still Pineda. on the roster? Did they like he, he's gotta be. like slide him off? Let's go look. Let's go find out. Take a journey with me into the MLB app. But this is that we always sign this guy as like, hey, come here. It's the fourth year. Come here and pitch for like. A month and then have an injury and then mysteriously vanish. Michael Pineda, Julio Turan, Tyson Ross, Matt Moore. Those guys pitched here for a month and then nothing was seen of them ever again. <laughs> Michael Pineda is still on our 40 man, yes. Okay. Also, what he's is... six foot seven. Oh, he's he's a big boy. He's a big dude. Okay, he what? Is, he, he's a big boy. I haven't had I haven't heard anything about him at all. No. So we can ship him away, I guess, because he'll never come back. Yeah, the last thing that the MLB has on him, like that the Tigers did, was May 15th of 2020, two, 2022, placed him on the 15-day injury list. Pretty sure it's been longer than 15 days, folks. We're in June. It's June 16th or June 12th or whatever we're in. 
It's uh, two, we're two days from thirty days actually, because that was May fifteenth. It's June thirteenth. Yeah. So always, always, always prep more with your pitchers because we're seeing this right now, and somehow we're still staying afloat. Besides, with our uh, nails on a chalkboard, horribleness inducing offense that we have here. So that's just strange. I don't. I don't. If we get another guy next year who is like, we're, we're just going to be able to pick him out of the crowd. It's be like, oh, Tiger signed veteran pitcher. It's like, yep, he'll be here for a month and he'll be done. Just like the six other dudes that we signed. Um, so we'll keep going with that. Uh, that's just me venting. Um, what what else is there to be mad about with this team? I don't know. I do know that we are trying to stay away from 30 minutes on the Tigers every episode. Oh, but we can't, we can't because what else has happened? Our big ace signing, Eduardo oh, yeah. Rodriguez, it, mm-hmm. we're going we're gonna to separate this because we have no clue what's going on. Like, literally none. none. We got I, no context clues. I have some, I have a scoop, a Twitter scoop, um, and then I, okay. I looked it up for myself to kind of quote-unquote verify. I don't know. But so our our biggest outside of Baez free agent signing was Eduardo Rodriguez, who started the year horribly, picked it up, and then he got hurt. Um, he is off the injured list. He finished with his rehab assignment, and today uh, was put on the restricted list um, for no reason. None that was given to us. None that was least. given to us. None that was given to us. So what this means, he's off the 40-man, and he's not getting paid his contract. Right now. Yeah. I think the exact quote, wasn't it like, per, was it personal reasons or family reasons? Personal. Like the, yeah, personal matters. He will not rejoin the team at this time. So, that could literally be anything. So, outside of the, of the, uh, what, what words do I want to say right now? Outside of the, uh, emotional piece and like, yes, this is a person Okay, your biggest free agent pitcher has just stepped away from the team. Yeah. I don't care how you write that. I don't care how it's uh, conveyed. That is a horrible look. And with mm-hmm. and with the little information that we're given, which is probably for a personal reason, um, makes it look even worse. <laughs> Because then there's just going to be speculation all over the place. Now, on the personal side, of course, this is a real person with real issues. Doesn't matter the millions of dollars that you make. You're still going to go through these things, whatever it may be, and you may need some time to step away from the game. We get that as people. So, and the, the scoop, I saw on Twitter that there was a reporter said, it looks like that... Uh, Eduardo could be dealing with a divorce because all of his pictures with his wife on his Instagram were taken down. The wife Mm. and Eduardo don't follow each other anymore. Um, And uh, that's purely speculation. But then I looked at his Instagram and I, I saw his kids, no wife. So that's a, that's a valid reason why anybody would want to step away from anything but also is peculiar because usually like if you kind of let people know what's going on 
you get like a bereavement or uh, I don't know if that qualifies under the bereavement list, but like you, you are granted some grace. Mm-hmm. Um, but we don't know what the Tigers or what the MLB policy is on that. No, so. maybe we should have looked that up, but um, I, I, I think this is a very rare case. I remember it happening with Ben Zobrist. Um, he was away from the team because his, him and his wife were going through a pretty nasty divorce that's a wild story if you want to hear about it sometime. Um, but for the sake of time, we won't um, talk about it. But I think he was on the same thing. I'd have to look that up as well. Um, but it was very cryptic, and it was like he will not, he he won't be on the team till further notice. Yeah, and I, you know, I don't, we don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I guess how private Rodriguez was prior to this how much he let people into his life by the sounds of it he posted his family on instagram posted his personal life on instagram uh could also just be a matter of him not wanting the world to kind of invade on that because people be crazy uh and everybody has to have an opinion on everything so you know again this is all speculation neither of us really knows what's happening could be an option could be a, a a reason Still a bummer. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's disappointing. Whatever Rodriguez is going through, um, obviously wish him the best. Mm-hmm. Um, but when is, when is this madness? Just everything else. Like what what's next? <laughs> like seriously, and like that it, above everything else. Like as a fan, like you want to make sure everybody's okay. And you know, it seems like Eduardo Rodriguez he's going to get the help that he needs or whatever he needs, he's going to get that. But also, as a fan side, it's like, <laughs> right? Can, can it get any worse? You know. Um, well, I don't so. know. Willie Castro just hit uh, a one home run, and Javi Baez had a sacrifice fly. That's uh, we're back in this, baby. <laughs> so we are now tied two to two at the bottom of the first. Well, hey, is salvage something? Yeah, that's your, that's your bottom line. Salvage something. That's it. <laughs> Salvage something for the love of everything that is good. Oh my goodness, we need to move on. I'm just gonna all right. Getting sweaty. You want to move on to the team that formerly held the position of? Uh, oh dear God, please don't do this again. The Lions. <laughs> uh, there's really not much to talk about, but I, I guess no, there's not. But we do have some news. Yeah. Um draft pick from 2020 uh and I, I have to i have to make sure i get his name right um uh john penicini who's 25 year old uh defensive tackle uh for the lions uh who is pretty good um started 12 of his 32 games registering 49 tackles four tackles for loss of sack and a fumble recovery um a six round pick so you know is what it is but he retired out of the blue we have zero information on that so another like mystery sort of a thing um but he was talking about how he's going to retire from football he's going to miss his teammates but you know um he glad he's glad he got to experience it so we're seeing a lot more guys retiring earlier from the nfl um probably for health reasons and uh i i you can't you can't say anything to anybody about that mm-hmm. um 
you just I, I think the only thing that you wish you could do as a fan, it's like, well, you would hate for a guy to retire early and then feel like he or regret it because he's like, ah, like I feel like I could have like I had a little bit more left in the tank. Like I could have been okay, sort of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um but if it's if it's a matter of I want to be healthy for my family moving forward no quarrels with that. Do your thing, man. Um, Maybe it would be different if it was like uh, Aiden Hutchinson retired out of the blue. Uh, It would be a little bit more worrisome. Because then that would be like, well, well, if you were going to retire, why did we we draft you? And Mm -hmm. you should have just retired before. Um, Mm -hmm. Which was the whole Barry Sanders thing, but that was kind of due to like, they couldn't build a team around him. So, whoops. Mm-hmm. Here's a quick question, kind of that just populated mm-hmm. uh, as we're talking about this. Has the NFL gotten more physically strenuous in, let's say, its modern history, so since 2000, than previously? Because, like, I'm comparing it to the NHL, where I think you and I would agree that maybe not like physically on ice, the amount of contact, the amount of brutality on the ice has lessened since 2000, right? And the amount of shape you have to be in has heightened. And I was just wondering if that was a similar thing for the NFL or if that has had, if there's any sort of comparison there. Because I'm just thinking, like, why why at 25 is this guy already feeling like he physically can't do this? Unless he had a previous injury and, like, really hurt himself in practice. I don't know. These are just things I'm thinking about. Um, That is a good question. I, there was, I remember watching something on sports science or just the evolution of the athlete. Um, and it was like in the olden times, um, like specific sports had specific body like structures. So if you were tall and lanky immediately, we're just going to put you in, in track and field. Um, if, if you had, you know, broad shoulders, blah, 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 we're going to put you in baseball. If you were more muscular, we're going to put you in football. Um, and then the evolution of the athlete, they realize that you can like specialize in certain areas or, or certain aspects of your sport. That's when the athlete pool was opened. Um, and then certain athletes that wouldn't have been involved with track and field were now involved with track and field. And, you know, um, I don't want to say diversified, but uh, um, added depth to the sport, I guess, um, mm-hmm. or layers, I, I would suppose. And then the same thing. Why NFL. don't you want to use diversify? Uh, may, I, I'm looking for a different word. Um, like diversify is, is not the right word I was looking okay. for. Like okay. not for any reason, but like, uh, or more complex, I would say like, yeah. when, okay. like that's, that's more so the word, um, in dynamic, let's go with that. Dynamic. Complex, that's a good word. complex and dynamic. So instead of big burly guys punching each other in football, um, in like as it was in the fifties, it's now big burly guys, super short, skinny, fast guys, tall, lanky, you know, fast guys, and then middle of the road quarterback guys who are now, you know, involved in the game. Um, I think there's a level of you know technology for safety has gotten better. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and then also just knowing more, which I, I really find it hard to believe that like people in the fifties didn't realize that constantly hitting your head against something else wasn't good for your head. 
Um, I, I have a hard time getting behind that. Um, I'm sure there was somebody out there screaming that this is not a good thing. And I'm sure that they were just shut down because it's football and we're good. I've always done it this way. I mean, I get that too, but also like <laughs> there's gotta be common sense. Like, Hey, my head hurts. Why does your head hurt? Oh, because I play a lot of football. It's like, Hey, maybe that's why your head is hurting all the time. Oh, I know it's not, that's very simplified. That's very not, uh, I mean, not, people didn't wash their hands in the operating room until like the early 1800s. So, I, I mean, I, I, I read about that study too in, uh, mm -hmm. undergrad. So that was very fun, but still mm -hmm. on the flip side, like I, it's all by, you, you touch a hot stove with your hand. It's hot. Okay. You hit your forehead against something enough times your head hurts. Like let's use some reasoning here. Right. Yes. But like, you know, these things as somebody who grew up in the concussion world, like we've grown up with concussion protocols pounded into us. It just wasn't a thing. I, I, you know, it just wasn't. I mean, I get that too, but it's not just concussions. It's constant wear and tear on your body. And it's like, I can't, mm -hmm. I can't, you know, bend my knee because I busted my knee so many times in football, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and like, I use the stove example because it's like, it doesn't take years of science to show like you shouldn't touch a hot stove. You have to do it for yourself. And then, ah, the stove's hot. I'm not going to do that again. Mm -hmm. Like if you hurt your leg doing something, then you might be a little bit more cautious the next time you do that same thing or avoid it entirely. That's mm -hmm. what I'm saying with that. But that's kind of not what we're talking about uh, in this regard. Um, kind of, not really, but it is kind of on the same page that we are getting really in depth here and we are at 41 <laughs> minutes. Holy smokes. We're going to have a long episode. Uh, I think like it goes into the lines of like a lot more knowledge I th well, he's a defensive tackle, so he's obviously a bigger dude. Mm -hmm. You know, he doesn't want to have the wear and tear on his body. Um, and uh, probably just to say, like, hey, I was good enough to do it. I played for a couple of years. Um, I can say I played in the NFL, and I'm, I'm cool with that. Um, and I'm going to, you know, I've earned enough or, like, I've, I've done enough. I, you know, I graduated, so I'm going to go do what I can do now with this experience I have. And I'm sure having former NFL player on your resume is going to help you in so many different, you know, mm -hmm. avenues, but I'm sure that for sure, I'm sure that he is a very capable, capable guy who could get a job without that too. But also if I had, it, it's not, it's not an awful thing to have on your resume. Um, but I just, I'm, I'm very interested because there's a conversation going around with, uh, Seahawks running back Chris Carson. He has like a he has something in his neck. It's like this metal plate to like keep his neck like like his discs in his neck like safe. He can't turn his head right now. Oh, okay. So everyone's telling him like, yeah, you should maybe retire. But in the NFL, if you have if you are a five year player, um, you're on their pension plan, like for life. Okay. And nice. and you get uh medical care as well mm -hmm. so it's like I, I i personally would like to s not see him play but at least stick with the team so he can qualify for that package in major league right. base in major league baseball i think it's 10 10 or 9 seasons um where if you play then uh you're on 
the medical plan for life. Um, and then I think you get the MLB gold pass where when you retire, you can, you get a ticket to any regular season game you want anywhere, That's which nice. is, which is freaking sweet. Um, <laughs> I would want that so bad. Uh, <laughs> Corey's like, I don't care about the rest of the MLB. I want it for that. Well, yeah, but like, there's all these, like, there's all these medical benefits to playing, not sure. just the, not just the contract. Um, so I'm just thinking to myself, like, and he wasn't, or uh, he wasn't a starter either. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean. I, I I mean he's probably thinking about this himself. Like he just had to play three more years, and then he's on the NFL pension plan for life. So there must have been something else, a different opportunity, or he was like, you know, what? it's not worth it. Like I could right. get hurt. I could get hurt. Um, and that's that's the conversation that's happening with players right now. Um, and I really hope, uh, you know, uh, Nick was able to make his own decision on his own terms. Carson may have to be forced to make a decision, but I hope the Seahawks bend the rules a little bit to help them out and be like, Hey, we're going to give you medical attention for the rest of your life. Right. Which would be- it'd be, it'd be kind of terrible to be like, Hey, you're not going to get this benefit because you missed by one year uh-huh. due to a medical reason. So we are no longer going to pay your medical insurance. Like, or come e- on guys. Or even do something where like you start him on IR for the season and then week 17, like a victory formation, you just throw him out there. Yeah, yeah. Or a- activate him for a final game. He's on the depth chart, and then just he's there for a kneel down. And then was I don't know if that would qualify as a se- or as a season. Mm-hmm. Um. So, or maybe you need to have an active play. I, there's, there's, there could be ways around that. I would, I would think, like give him a handoff and have like pro bowl style like offense and defense like just like wrap them up and bring them to the ground or something i don't i don't, I don't know i don't know what is bubble be. wrap an accepted form of protection well i think if equipment i, I think if everybody knows that don't hit him <laughs> I, I he'll right. be he'll be okay you with hope bowl. that everybody abides by that I, I don't think they would put him out there unless it was like agreed upon yeah i guess that's fair and this is all hypothetical too Mm-hmm. but yeah, good conversation. That was good. That was good. Thank you. Sometimes I can come up with a hypothetical. I, I never said you couldn't. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know uh, you did. Somewhat right. exciting. Um, yes. Uh, Pistons draft coverage. We we've narrowed it down to two, and I'm I'm kind of being who. Most of Pistons Twitter or okay, because it wasn't us. It wasn't us. No, no. Um, we're, we're picking five. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. And so there's all this speculation there, which by the way, I have no clue how the NBA evaluates talent because I saw, I've looked at three or four different mock drafts and the top four was different on every single one. <laughs> like oh, there's, boy. there's not a consensus number one. Um, and then how everyone else is evaluated is just a crapshoot. So good luck trying to predict anything. Um, <clears throat> But we have two options, it seems. Number one being Keegan Murray, who I'm a big fan of, okay? But he's a power forward um, and would be... It, 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 would, it would cause some shuffling with the Pistons lineup right now. 
Um, and if Keegan Murray is taken, it would most likely mean that Jeremy Grant would be traded for another for a pick of some sort. Speculation is that Portland is looking to add a veteran for the seventh overall pick. Just, I think that sounds pretty good to me um, for Jeremy. Um, so if we draft Keegan Murray, which I would be fine with, um, and to move some roster spots around, he's a great perimeter shooter, um, way more athletic than uh, Luca Garza, um, and and can can heat up real quick. Uh, then that would mean goodbye to Jeremy Grant. But that's also good because then you have an option around the perimeter or just a certified bucket getter um, in uh, Keegan Murray for Cade Cunningham. So that's option number one. And it seems like that's most of the mock drafts I've looked at have the Pistons taking Keegan Murray because option number two, Jaden Ivey is shooting up the boards right now. Like, teams are in love with his athleticism. They're comparing him to John Morant. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. But, like, I've seen multiple reports about, like, teams love this kid. Like, absolutely adore this guy. The Pistons, the 76ers, I don't know how he got um, uh, a workout with them. Um, but he did somehow um, because the 76ers are nowhere near picking the top 10. But I thought, I saw it very interesting that. Uh, I don't think the Pacers, who pick right behind the Pistons, uh, have uh, had a pre-draft workout with Jaden Ivey, which it would make more sense. Goes to Purdue, keep him in state. Um, that would be your perfect pick if you're a Pacers fan. But, haha, Pistons are taking ahead of you. So, moral of the story, Jaden Ivey's a guard. So you'd have to play him alongside with, uh, with uh, Cade Cunningham. And I would think you would you would probably have Cade run point at that point. Or even Jaden Ivey. But the problem with Jaden Ivey in college is he wasn't like a true point guard. He was just an athletic, athletically gifted freak. And mm-hmm. Keegan Murray's a bucket getter. Jaden Ivey is a bucket getter to the max. I hate that I'm using bucket getter because that's so like unofficial. But these are these are who we have to pick for. We are only getting Jaden Ivey if he falls to us. I've seen him as high as three. I've seen him in a lot of uh, mock drafts for uh, the Sacramento Kings right ahead of us, so literally one pick ahead of us. And I looked into their I looked into their roster as well. Um, they do have fairly good guards, which is why I think some mock drafts have Keegan Murray going there because then they would move Sabonis, who's a versatile power forward center to um, uh, from power forward to center because they don't really have a true center on the team either. Um, but they are pretty athletically gifted. Um, yes, Noel. Uh, I'm just on ESPN's draft, mock draft, and they, the way they did this was the best fit versus best available. Yeah. So they drafted for both, right? And you're talking about the Sacramento Kings wanting – or probably taking Jaden Ivey. Correct. They have him as best available talent-wise. Sure. But they have needs filling in as Keegan Murray because yeah. they still need the big guy. So it'll be interesting to watch that play out if both of them are still there at four to see, like, are they going to go with their need or are they going to go best available talent? Just philosophy on drafting. I think they will go 
Um, I think they will both be available there. It's just a matter of where in the top three, Paolo Banchero, uh, Chet Holmgren, and Jabari yeah. Jabari Smith go. Jabari Smith, I hear, one of the do- the knocks on his game is he doesn't dribble well, but mm-hmm. he is he is the most athletically gifted player in the draft, and he can score. So, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's between him and Chet Holmgren as one and two, right now. Yep. And, Van- and Paolo is basically locked in at that number three. Which is very interesting. Um, I think people are in love with Chet Holmgren's uh, like comparison of he looks like Kevin Durant. He kind of mm-hmm. plays like Kevin Durant, mm-hmm. and his frame is like Kevin Durant. So that must mean he's going to be Kevin Durant. I don't necessarily think that, um, but dude can play. <laughs> um, personally, I would take Jabari Smith at number one if I were making that decision, and then Chet Holmgren would fall to number two, and Paolo would fall to number... I per- I would love Paolo. I think that would be the best case scenario for the Pistons, but that's not going to happen. Right. Um, so we're going to have to deal with Keegan Murray or uh, uh, Jay Nivey, which are which are great options. Like, let's, let's get that, let's get that out of the way first. Um, but I still want Jay Nivey because I think, mm-hmm. I think he's more of the superstar potential that we're looking for and especially now and even looking at the finals like you you have the you have the Golden State Warriors who have Steph and then you know a probably the best supporting cast um in the league people at times who are superstar Clay Thompson was a superstar before all of his knee injuries now he's like he's like coming off the bench with Jordan Poole it's just a rotating whatever um mm-hmm. And then you look at Boston, Jason Tatum is a freak. Jalen Brown is a freak. They have Marcus Smart, who is the defensive player of the year. They have a great system and a great team. But I can assure you, Steph Curry, Jason Tatum, uh, and Jalen Brown are better than anybody that the Pistons have right now. Yes. I think I would agree. I think Cade Cunningham could be close to a Jalen Brown, but he's not there yet. He can get there. I think he can get there next year. But the point is, you need somebody else. Keegan Murray, I think, is going to be a very good player in this league. Um, but I think Jaden Ivey has the ceiling to be much better in this league. Take over games. I think, I when I think of Keegan Murray, I think of former Piston Chris Middleton. <laughs> not the same, not the same, um, not the same way, just like as far as styles. Like Chris Middleton, fantastic player, borderline that I wouldn't say superstar, but he's a star in this league. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. But that's his ceiling. Okay. Right. John Morant is a superstar. Okay. Mm-hmm. Both John Morant and Chris Middleton are great players and crucial to your championship roster. John Morant is better than Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton compliments Giannis. Very well. I think Murray could compliment uh, a Cade Cunningham very well. But to take to the next level, Jay Ivey could be that guy. Mm-hmm. And, like, you have to have legitimately... The, the reason that the Bucks were able to win and they were able to uh, have this duo of Middleton and Giannis work is because Giannis is literally a top three player in this league. 
and Middleton didn't have to be a superstar. He just had to be a star. Or a reliable player. So that's what you're getting with it. They're both great players. Both can be stars. Both, I think, will be stars. Ivy has a higher ceiling. So I'll be happy with either. But I'll be happy with either. But that's those are my thoughts on that. Sounds good. Yes. Do we want to round this out with a little bit of Red Wings news? We'll round it out with a little bit of Red Wings news. And the Red Wings news really involves the rest of the NHL. Because, holy smokes, the NHL is on crack right now. <laughs> There's a lot happening, yes. Well, <laughs> apparently Connor McDavid couldn't handle being swept, so he had to go cheat on his girlfriend, so that's cool. Um, oh, my gosh. Which is so funny because, like, the only thing that people saw was, like, him holding hands with somebody. We're not saying or condoning anything, but, like, that's the thing that gets him caught. Yeah, that was why in my original text to you all, I was like, he's just, he was holding a hand, holding hands with a woman who was not his girlfriend, which, not condoning, like we said, not a great look, Connor McDavid, my dude, but it wasn't like it was a sex tape. (laughs) (laughs) He wasn't making out with someone who wasn't his girlfriend. I mean, you can, A plus B usually equals C, but, you know... Like, but like this is—it's just why they just took it and ran with it. Like, it—it yeah. it looks bad. It's probably what happened, but still, like that's—that's that's besides the point. So, drama is just all <laughs> over the place. We have a—we have literally like two days off for the Stanley Cup final, which, by the way, for Red Wings fans, was worst case scenario. Colorado Absolute versus Tim. Just, just. Would you like to kill me with poison or uh, a gun? A blunt force object. Like, jeez. Um, so we will not be cheering for anybody this game. I'm, Every, I'm, you're all you know allowed what? to lose. You know what? No, I'm cheering for the Avs. I do not care. I don't care. I cannot okay. see Tampa. I, I can't see Tampa win a, again. I guess that's the slightly better choice. Like, I hate slightly. the Avalanche. I'll always like hate a millimeter. I hate the Avalanche. I'll always hate the Avalanche. But at... Best case scenario, the Avalanche will be tied with the Wings as far as, like, cups in that, like, range, okay? Because, mm-hmm. what, the Avalanche won three, Wings have won four, so they'd be tied, okay? I, I don't think, based off of the talent that they have to sign on that team, that they'll be able to do what Tampa just did. Um, so, mm-hmm. push that aside. And I cannot live in a, in a world where Tampa wins the cup three straight years in a row. It's, like, so annoying because, like... <laughs> Like, literally, you had Igor Shesterkin playing out of his freaking mind the whole playoffs. And then, like, Tampa just has a way better team than everybody and an Igor Shesterkin in net, just at their disposal. Mm-hmm. Like, give credit to those guys because they are playing exceptionally great hockey. But still, like, you got to get through all of that offensive firepower and then try to score on Shesterkin, which, by the way, Tampa Bay has the best defensive core in the league from top to bottom. We've said it millions of times. Any any guy on, like, on their defensive pairings could be a top-pairing defenseman on a different team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For different reasons, but... Um, Sergachev, uh, Hedman, or McDonough. Any three of those guys could be top-pairing defensemen on another team. Mm-hmm. It's stupid, and I hate it. We're not talking about that, though. 
Um, what we are going to talk about is remember when we thought that we kind of knew what the coaching pool for the Red Wings was going to be? Yeah, it had like maybe 15 people in it. And now it has like anyone and everyone. Now it's just, it's, it's wide open. We're like, okay, maybe we are starting to figure out. Nope, we're not. We're not figuring out Steve Eisman. We're not doing this. Because nope. we thought, we thought one day we thought, oh, Trot is slam dunk. It's going to be Trot's. The next day we're like, is it going to be Tortorella? The next day we're going to be like, is it going to be a no-name guy? Is it going to be, the Vegas has Fedorov being our favorite for our coach. And it's like, mm-hmm. where did you get that information? Like, mm-hmm. that's so stupid. Now, Bruce Cassidy out of Boston was fired for no reason. Literally no reason whatsoever. Yep. And you don't you don't think that he would look to make a lateral change and and play in a in a in for a team in Boston's division. Mm-hmm. According to Frege on Thirty Two Thoughts, Steve Eiserman has quote cast a wide a very wide net unquote in his search. He's looking at some older guys as well as. Uh, older guys who are more experienced coaches, coaches, as well as young minds who have not been head coaches and don't get mentioned a lot. So, fill in the blank. That could be anybody. Nobody knows anything. I did hear something that we've, or Steve has a good relationship with one of Tampa's assistant coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and I saw some tweet. He's bald. He has AHL success. And Ferris State ties, so it's like he just checked off all of the boxes right, <laughs> right there. Um, and uh, I, that could be that could be a name as well. I can't. I, I feel bad, and my reporting is bad because I don't have his name. Um, but I will look at the. Uh, I will look at the <clears throat> uh, Reddit page. Um, I think another thing that's, like, hard for us to, like, guess is we don't even know, like, what kind of coaching they want. Like, we have no idea of what style they're going for, who, how they want this coach to approach anything. Again, it's the the Fort Knox of Steve Eiserman. We got nothing. Zero things from him. So it's just been, throw a guy up there with, throw throw a person up there with a pulse and maybe they'll be in consideration. Did you yeah, find the name? I did find the name. Uh, Derek Lalonde. Okay. So we can't obviously can't talk to him until Lightning are done, hopefully after they lose the Stanley Cup and begin to cry. Um, he can come recover with us. But, yeah, he Maybe. can come recover with us and then take down the juggernaut that is Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, Eisenman hired him. Um, or not hired him, but he was the GM of the Lightning when Lalonde was hired. Um, Eisenman says, or this is a quote from MLive, I've had good fortune of working with John. Eisenman said on May 2nd, I knew the guy. I'd worked with the... <laughs> this, is the... <laughs> this is the most Eisenman quote ever. I had good <laughs> fortune of working with John. I knew the guy. I'd worked with the guy and was like, I'm confident that he'll do a good job in this role. There's nothing you can chew off of after that. Like... Zero. You giving me nothing, giving us nothing. And he said, I find it difficult to really hire people that you don't know that you haven't worked with or somebody that you work closely with and knows the kind of, uh, 
way that I want things done or the way I do things. But I don't want to rule out any or anything out or exclude anyone or anybody because they have coached in the NHL or they haven't coached or or they have not been in North America or whatnot. Um, so he's like, eh, I want to hire somebody that I've worked with and I know. Uh, but I'm not willing to rule anybody out. But I'm not willing to rule it. So there, there we go. Uh, and then the comment was bald, former goalie, fair state ties. So recent criteria. There we fits. go. So moral of the story, we don't know. We got no clue. I think Bruce Cassidy would be now my front runner because it seems like the steam for trots is done. Um, and then there's just so much speculation. There's people saying out of Boston that they're just going to blow everything up and rebuild, which I don't get. I do not understand because that was a good team. They just, what? They just ran into a buzzsaw. Who did they play? They played Carolina, who is like the best team, Mm -hmm. the best team at home in the playoffs this year. Mm -hmm. Uh, So like you, you went to seven in the first round of a very competitive series and you're ready to just blow it all up with a pretty young and good goalie. Like I, I, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. Um, but there's, there was rumors that Pasternak could be available. There's rumors that, uh, Capococco, uh, from New York, because he was healthy mm-hmm. scratched in, uh, game seven against the lightning, which I think, was a reason that Gallant wasn't hired because he does some quirky things. Um, mm. When he was with Vegas in an elimination game, he healthy scratched David Perron, who is like, who is like one of their top six forwards. It's like, why'd you do that? And they asked him, why'd you do that? And he's like, I don't have to tell you. <laughs> and he didn't tell him. <laughs> um, so I heard rumors that Kako could be available. Um, chaos could be ensuing on the NHL. And, and as we all know, Steve Eisenman is an agent of chaos. And mm-hmm. if there's a situation that isn't necessarily the best for a certain somebody, he can swoop in and make you trade Jacob Rana, a first and a second for Anthony Mantha. The, the sheer lack or lack of confidence I have in Alavila's GM skills are equal to the full confidence that I have in Eisenman's quality GM skills. Does that make sense? Yes. You have a, it's, you have a correlation and not a causation situation and they're going in opposite directions, but at the same rate. Correct. For the two. I got you. I'm with you. Connected. You and me. Moral of the story, this is going to be... I think this is going to be a very exciting offseason for the Red Wings. I hope so. It's been kind of boring the last couple of years. I think I think we'll make a splash. The, the, I looked at the free agent list, the top 10, uh, and it nothing really moved the needle for me, um, ex- with the exception of two guys. Number one is Johnny Goudreau. I don't think he's going anywhere. I think, they're gonna, I think Calgary's going to lock him up. They'll figure it out. They'll figure it Which, out. How fun would that be, though? How yeah. fun would that be? That'd be great. Uh, but also he's undersized and the Red Wings are undersized, so I don't think he would get yeah. that much space. Yep. Um, I, I actually don't think he'd be a very good fit in Detroit. So um, those are my thoughts on that. Uh, Chris Letang is the number two. 
available free agent, but Chris Letang is like 150. Um, so I don't even necessarily want him. The And number three is Philip Forsberg. Talked about it a month ago. That's a guy I want. I think we could sign him and slide him right into the top six. Coming off a career yeah. year, Nashville kind of doesn't want him. Um, could be cool. Could be good. And then the talent, I think, I think the talent could be the same too because I think, I think uh, Larkin would be a better, uh, would be a better uh, center than Duchesne, Matt Duchesne, or okay. Fors or Forsberg plays center, um, which seems like he can. Um, there's options there, but I think any time that you have an opportunity to add a player of that caliber. Um, cause he's like 28 or something like that. Um, it isn't a Nielsen thing where he's like 31 <laughs> and right. signing like a five-year deal. Um, I'd say kick, kick the tires, Swedish mafia, even though we got like a Czech mafia right now. And well, we do have, uh, oh, oh, Raymond we did and... sign some stuff. Yeah. Elmer Soderblom signed his, uh, his ELC. Which is that's exciting. a big boy. That is a big boy. No longer undersized. No. With that guy coming over. Um, uh, Sebastian Costa's but... had a really good uh, junior mm -hmm. season, and he's also not a small boy. He's uh, massive. Jonathan Bergeron has also did really well. Not not a small boy. Mm -mm. Um, yeah, all of the... Uh, all of our... <laughs> All of our Swedish dudes coming over. Not small people. Which is funny, because aren't Swedish people kind of short? Um, I guess maybe I don't not. don't know that that's a commonality. I'm just thinking of our Swedish people, like Zetterberg. Cronwell wasn't very big. Ericsson was pretty big, but... Yeah, Ericsson was big. Who else is... Lidstrom? He's Lidstrom like... was average. He wasn't small, but he was... Yeah. He was slim. That was uh, a, that was a wrong generalization from me. We'll just go with yeah, that. Let's moving on. I made a mistake. <laughs> uh, um, one piece that we forgot on the uh, podcast two weeks ago was that Taro Hirose did sign uh, a two-year extension. Yay, Taro! Mostly a Grand Rapids signing. Pretty much. We're happy to have him around. We like Taco. Um, I think that's all that. I have. Did we have anything else? Did I got nothing. Anything else? There's so we kept, much. We kept talking. We 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 got all of we got all the information we needed in an hour and ten minutes. Look at us, just plowing look, through. Look at us go. Look at us. Who would have thought? Not me. Not me. Look no at us. way. All right. I guess we'll wrap up there then, folks. We will see you next week because we're both still in town and we'll have service. Um. We thank you very much for listening to the CMC replay. Have a great rest of your week. Follow us on all our socials. Give us a five-star review. It really helps us. And share with a friend if you can. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Hey, everybody. This is Noelle. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the CNC replay. Please subscribe and rate us five stars as it really helps us out. And give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at CNC Sports Pod. We'll see you next week.